I started becoming more sensitive after this awakening, this near-death experience. Um, my practice approach, but I was still in, I was still an undergraduate, but which changed my one thing I must add, after I came to and I was on the gurney, man, my grades skyrocketed up when I woke up. Did you access like some form of uh, I, I was out I was out of body for I don't know how long, but so the big question is this. How do truth-seeking entrepreneurs like us sift through the gurus and teachers that persuade us through hype by promoting half-truths? How do we as inspired individuals raise our awareness so we can access ever greater levels of achievement and fulfillment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ben Trimgrove, and welcome to the Human Source Codex with co-host Kelly Stewart. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the Human Source Codex. Today, Kelly and I have a special guest, Elias Delfinas, who's uh, a good friend of uh, Kelly and I believe also her uh, one and only chiropractor. And, uh, and that's exactly who Elias is. So chiropractor and also naturopath. And um, I'm a little bit ignorant when it comes to the, to the terms of, you know, osteopath, chiropractor, what's the difference? They all sound the same, um, which is my ignorance. So Welcome to the show, um, Elias, and uh, I look forward to kind of going deep into your journey, getting started. Thanks, Ben. So, um, Thank you, Ben, for having it. It's not actually my chiropractor, like totally. Oh, right. Okay. He's actually a chiropractic uh, friend, and we have these most amazing conversations when we get together around like universal laws and constructs and stuff, which is. Nice. Um, based on the human condition mm. and uh, anything and everything to do with universal law. So when I discovered this guy, I was like, oh my fucking God, <laughs> like, welcome to my world of conversations. Just kind of opened me up in a way that I was like, yeah, let's riff off on these combos. And we do yeah. go see in here. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing that we've, we've kind of found a lot, even with Kelly and I, it's, it's quite hard to find um, the more and more broad we go as, as polymaths, but to find people as, as practitioners and healers, um, the more that broad that then go with their knowledge, they um, they really become a super healer, so to speak. So, where, where does for for your life, where does the whole where did your journey with chiropractic start? Like, why why did you choose that out of the healing arts amongst so many others? Well, it was kind of by default, actually. Ben, I'm the 14th chiropractor in my family, so I was actually manipulating the spine when I was 12 years old. So to end up in postgraduate chiropractic, uh, what year, it takes you seven and a half years in the States to get your doctorate. So by about my second year, I'm starting to be in clinic and I realized that nobody in the rooms ever manipulated a bone and I was, I was just raised in it. And so um, I just came by really naturally and genetically. And um, chiropractic in the United States is, is like a physical medicine general practitioner. I, I used to take blood, I'd swab throats, I'd triage for hospital. Unlike, unlike how it's quartered off here in a more alternative aspect in, um, in Australia, it's very, very mainstream in the States. Whereas osteopathy in the United States, I used to share an office with, with an osteopathic surgeon. So they're more medically inclined in the States, but from, from a holistic you know, angle, we're here, osteopaths are kind of that bridge between physiotherapy and chiropractic. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, it's a nice way to kind of easily put it because I, I went to an osteopath. I told Kelly it was a chiropractor and then I found out it was actually an osteopath the other week. And there's been a family osteopath for many years and I was kind of getting, I was like, man, this guy's just doing the same kind of routine. And, you know, I was much more unaware and ignorant years ago and, and he's, oh, this is happening and this is happening. And I'm like, well, I'm not so sure it is because I'm more, much more aware now, you know? So that was just really interesting. Um, and like I was talking to Kelly, it's, it's just so hard to find a holistic dentist, a holistic chiropractor, someone that can encompass more areas. Do you know what I mean? So it's, so from the chiropractor shifting into that, the um, naturopathy, you're, I keep mixing that word up, but naturopathy. So how, how do you involve, how did you get into bringing that into your chiropractic practice? Well, naturopathy was just a natural, it was a natural progression of my skill set. Um, as a chiropractor, I was quite holistic. Uh, but when you're dealing with chiropractic within the constraints of, you know, what medical legal, um, what medical legal uh, scheme, scheme will allow you to treat, um, you're, you're kind of stitched up 
So after about 20 years of being a chiropractor, I, I, it was just like a rat in a wheel, rat in a wheel for me, just in room, one room, out the other. There's only so many bones, so many angles, so many planes of movement. And even though um, you would make profound, significant um, improvements in people's quality of life, uh, just there's a time limitation when you're a busy practitioner that you can't, you don't really have the opportunity to, um, to address the, the, the patient in a holistic manner as much as I, I, I wanted to. So I stepped out of chiropractic and started lecturing. I started lecturing at University of Sunshine Coast and Bond University in the sports sciences. Started pursuing a PhD. Um, that led to me basically missing patient care, and that's when I thought, well, do I want to reinvent the wheel, or do I want to study something else that expands my view of the human condition? Because that's really my passion. And so I chose naturopathy because what I found in naturopathy, there's uh, it's called a natu naturopathic. Um, therapeutic order where you know first you there's determinants of health second there's you tonify uh systems and third you address the i'm probably going to mix up on the fly but anyway the fourth stage of determinant of, of the naturopathic order is re restore um restore uh, structural integrity which is chiropractic so naturopathy actually embraces chiropractic as a as a modality but it's, mm -hmm. it's got a much broader holistic lens that it looks at, looks at the human condition through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, uh, in a way, a preface to chiropractic in some forms. Yeah, well, back in the day, it was actually chiropractic was part of the naturopathic um, uh, educational scheme, but then it broke off, you know, the 30s or 40s when chiropractic began its own thing. So early, early days in, in alternative healthcare, chiropractic was part of the naturopathic um, model mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you're you've obviously just in 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 the essence of what you do of becoming more holistic and what you offer so how do you even how do you go from that to diving into um universal laws and and everything and riffing off with kelly as you go like what what sparked that that curiosity you know for me it was um i come from more of the human behavior love um, of what you call that healing or understanding human behavior. And that took me down that journey, um, encompassing all areas of life. How about you? What, what kind of took you off in the realm of, of the rabbit hole of universal laws and things? It's definitely a rabbit hole, man. And shall, we, shall we enter <laughs> that rabbit hole now? Like I'm, I'm sitting here like, she'll get a bit like yeah. waiting to actually go into that as opposed so, to these. Should we, should we just know, go straight into the, the Higgs field or? <laughs> so, um, you know what it really my my pursuit for uh, enlightenment for any other use of the word is basically uh from my own upbringing um in a very uh, very strong very legalistic uh upbringing as the son of a baptist preacher evangelism and it was uh, it was hardcore, but I, I was raised on stage with my dad and all the you know I won't mention names because I'm going to get in trouble, but yeah, there's all that. And the guys you still see on television today, I was backstage with them, so I I, I had a I had a very unique view of the the shtick, you know, the the snake oil salesman approach to spirituality, and which created a natural schism in my heart that you know what they say and what they do is two different things. And, and that, that just kind of, as I, as I grew in intelligence and objectivity, uh, it hit me like a ton of bricks at, at 23 when uh, Darwinism collided with creationism while I was in postgraduate uh, chiropractic college. And I was fortunate enough to uh, have a near-death experience. And uh, when I, uh, I looked around and went, oh, this isn't Kansas Toto. <laughs> 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 and then it, that's kind of where it Dorothy, all began. Dorothy, where's the yellow brick road? Yeah. You should take the gap. Exactly. We can also riff off on the, the true meaning of, of that, right? Mm. That, mm. That, has a, that has a universal construct to it in the story of that parable of, um, what was it? The yellow brick road? Mm. 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 Yeah, so that, so actually my pursuit to, towards enlightenment and towards universal laws and towards an understanding of who I am and the, and the construct of the meaning of light and the living, the living light embodied in human form had nothing to do with my, my, um, I guess my, my professional aptitudes. You know, it, it, it was just by chance that they coincided. 
So we were, we were having, you know, in our many discussions that we do, you know, we quite often have coffee together and riff off on, on, um, on universal laws. And what I discovered is that Elias has this beautiful understanding of the human condition. And so really that would be the basis of what has actually brought you into this. And mm. it's such a beautiful thing that your father and your family was that, mm. uh, had that theological religious construct mm. because you did get to be able to see that side of things. Mm. And I love the fact that you say that I had this mental schism within inside of me that actually is was awakening you to, mm. to actually start the, the, the further questioning, not only from existentialism, but from also universal aspects as well. To look at like what is the truth, right? What is in actuality, what is actuality as opposed to mm. you know subjective reality? Mm. And you know, so there's there's dive deep into all aspects of the human condition. And what you as a holistic practitioner, is that would that be a preferable? Yeah, that would be a preferable. Word. Yeah, like as a holistic pra practitioner to be able to to add value to people's lives in the human condition and there's so many facets or aspects that actually uh, create or, you know, manifest these conditions mm. within our physical body. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we could say we have physiological feedback and then that is relevant to what, mm. right? Like in terms of the human condition, do you see mm. that it's, it's environmental that puts, you know, projections into the, the physiological uh, construct of a human in mm. its condition or is it you know perceptional or is it epigenetical yeah. absolutely you know, like it's 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 never one thing there's one thing for sure i found out oh my god it's, it's always thank you it's always it's always it's a, a multitude it's, it's, it's a multitude and and because yeah. i started becoming more sensitive after this awakening this near-death experience um, my practice approach, but I was still in, I was still an undergraduate, but we changed my, one thing I must add, after I came to, and I was on the gurney, man, my grades skyrocketed up when I woke up. Did you access like some form of, uh, I, I was out, I was out of body for, I don't know how long, but. Okay, this is the back of the truck up, right? Okay, tell, tell us about your new death experience. Like what, why did you die? Well, I actually, um, at 23 years old, what, like I said, creationism collided with Darwinism. And- um, You're one of those that, that we see in the book of like Darwin, what is it called? Like the Darwin Awards? Somebody who wins a Darwin Award actually makes it through. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then also at 23, I started having my first job as a part-time uh, kind of intern at a, at, a, at, an, at a chiropractor's office locally. So then I started having to pay taxes. That, that gave me the shits immediately. Because I never had to pay taxes, where I was a full-time student. Uh, what else? There, there was about there was about three or four significant significant uh, pillars in my life that I realized they're all actually lying. And then I and then I read and then I read something. Uh, I started reading outside of the the, the scope of of uh, I started reading secular secular books. Oh my god! So uh, I started reading Buddhism, and and the first noble truth of Buddhism was life is suffering. And I went. Well, fuck, I'm, I'm good at What the fuck is that shit? Because, like, Jesus did Christianity across the top of the other way. Yeah, like, exactly. To avoid all the evil. Yeah. That's the wisest uh, religious teaching. Exactly. <laughs> became, a, became a heretic to Christianity in that moment. In that moment. Yeah. Because I went, wow, everybody's actually just smiling like the white picket fence thing. Everybody's just, like, trying to lure me into the, the mass psychosis. You know, and I went, and, and I just went, oh, I got suffering down solid right now. So, so I must be doing something right. So then, then this, this, this uh, tortured, kind of tormented, I've been lied to uh, uh, mm -hmm. psychosis I was, I was, I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. I, it just came to a head one day and I started having one of those moments at, at home by, alone when I was living with my first girlfriend who was also a chiropractic student who said, you know, I'm just going to leave you to it. And she went to the uni and I, just, I left me at home and I just made a demand to the universe, God, Jesus, whoever could listen, that I'm willing to die to know the truth today. If you don't believe me, I'm coming after your lying ass because I, I refuse to believe anything anymore. So, and this went on a bit, but of course, nobody showed up then. You know, nobody, you know, there really? was no, there was no Jesus, there was no, nobody said, oh, poor me, nothing. And so I went, that gave me the shits too. So then I, so then I, uh, what I usually do is default into working out with weights or paint the house or move from. So I started moving furniture as a guy would do. It's just kind of working on. 
So I'm leaving this tall, um, this tall china cabinet. You know, it's cumbersome, but it's light. And I was about, you know, back then I was I was larger and stronger than I am now. And I started kind of edging it down the staircase, right? And as I turned the corner, I missed my footing and I grabbed onto the china cabinet as I went down and I pulled the thing over on me. So right as I hit the ground on the bottom floor, right before this thing hit me between the eyes, I was up and out of my body and I looked at myself and I remember the first thing I said was, whoa, no fucking way. <laughs> so you still have the same. I mean, oh, wow. I Pardon me? I said, oh, wow. Yeah, totally, <laughs> exactly. But, but what was wild is that I started, it was very disconcerting, as you can imagine, because I'd never heard of that at all in my upbringing. You know, you really understand I'm coming from hardcore Christian Baptist background to out-of-body experience, looking at a, a, a white, glowy self and moving all over this townhouse, wondering what am I doing and where am I? And, and being very kind of like, not frightened. It, was, it wasn't frightened, it was just disconcerting. I didn't know how to handle this new medium. And then all of a sudden I realized it wasn't the question, it wasn't the answers I was getting, it was the questions I asked. And I said, well, so how do I, how do I control my, how do I control my movement? I stopped and I went, oh. So then I got really curious and I realized there's no, there was no latency between intention and action and results. It all happened at the same time. No space and time in that moment. Right? Yeah. So I already started working it out mm -hmm. uh, because that's kind of my nature. You know, you kind of carry, you, 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 I'm kind of like the same as I am in, in, in the flesh meat husk as I am. Yeah, 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 totally. Trust me. But, <laughs> so, Bruce so, the, uh, the great analogy of the TV set, right? I love that analogy. Bruce Lipton's one. Yeah, with the TV set, you know, and you're in your, well, well, we'll get into the whole epigenetics maybe if the conversation leads there, but I'll carry on with your story. So, so, so anyway, I, I realized, um, yeah, so I realized then I could just start intending to be in different places in my, and I was there. See, I love that because in, in my understanding, you know, me being a physics geek and a, uh, you know, science geek as well too, is that we have intention and disintention, right? And mm -hmm. intention is a strong nuclear force which actually takes us in a trajectory towards something mm -hmm. that is, uh, you know, of value to us. Mm -hmm. So you're able to then um, play within that realm, which we could say is the subatomic particle realm, right, mm -hmm. if of, of intention. Mm -hmm. So you were in it. it you in were it. that. Mm. You became it. Mm. It was amazing. And and then and then I, was, I felt elated. And, and and then I heard Nancy come home, the scream downstairs. I looked over and just I gave it a you're bothering me. And I went, <laughs> I went back. So there was no tears, man. There was absolutely no feeling for what was what was of the world. So that, that's an unconditioned component, not being attached to the emotions of the human condition that the majority of people would have mm. been experiencing. Mm. In, in, wow, this is cool. Like, so you actually became above it, or we could say like a super conscious being mm. where, where we don't actually like have empathy or compassion no. to, to the, the human existential feeling body, mm. right? Which, is, it, right? which is illusionary anyway, because it, it's like going back to what you say, like you actually integrated space and time. Mm. So we only have space and time in the feeling body of human when we're actually only seeing one oh. side of the, the mm. perception, which is, you know, we can say particle and particle actually being mm. separated from the force mm. particles. Mm. So in that, that space of, we could say, enlightenment, mm. where we understand um, photons and bosons, mm. you became unstoppable to be able to see what was actually occurring. So. Which is really cool, you know, when I've spoken to other people that have had these, you know, death experiences, and I've had the opportunity to have one too myself. So it's potentially why, you know, I have this understanding of what's actually happening. When I find mm. people like you, I'm like, oh my God, brother, thank you. Same, same like, here, show yeah. it up yeah. in that format, because it's really difficult to, for um, most minds to be able to comprehend what we're talking about. And this is why I love doing these podcasts to be able to raise human consciousness mm. to different layers of thought and different layers of the way that we do live our lives as human mm. beings. And there is different levels of consciousness mm. relative to your experience. Accessible now. Yeah, yeah, mm. totally. To your awareness, mm. accessible to your awareness and where you're actually mm. at. 
Mm. So, and it's, and it, it's beneficial to have a reference point like that too, because I've always used that as a reference. Because once you have a reference point, good. I, you, it's not like I can near death like on, but, mm. but I've got it as a as a as a reference point in my mind when I start seeing things happen. Mm -hmm. And then so and so to and so to 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 continue this, uh, I was I was across the hall of of our upstairs, and it was like a big floor to ceiling. Uh, vaulted ceilings and the and then the whole wall just melted away you know just melted away and this is way this is a long time before um the hubble telescope and and what what was there was like the best panoramic view you could have seen from the hubble telescope universe and i went right up to the edge you get the metaphor right up to the edge of the um right up to the edge of the of the the townhouse second floor and you know what got me back in my body ben I, I sat there and I looked how beautiful it was and I thought, this is vast. And I thought, you know, it'd be a lot more fun to travel with someone. Bam, I was back in my body on the gurney and went, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the very same thing that got me to that point was humans. And the very same thing that got me back to that point was humans. I mean, okay, this is the paradox I got to live with now. I got to actually travel this journey with humans. So that was, that was a big take home for me. Oh, I love it because that, that's an aspect of um, even myself with playing out there in that field, you realize that we, we are human in our existential form, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we, this is the vehicle that our soul actually lives mm -hmm. in. And we, we to honor that mm -hmm. and to honor us as a human being mm -hmm. in the human condition, mm -hmm. as well as knowing that we have we can have access, access to these yeah. other realms mm. and being able to actually go there, but we cannot deny this mm -mm. component. No. So that, do you believe that the test of us is, is actually to transcend and master the mental paradoxes that we have we have by being in these particular states? Totally. And, and exactly that. Now I've got to be able to play in this realm as a human being, exactly. in the human condition, exactly. with having the access and the knowledge to these other and and so the the beauty of this the, the the poetic justice of this whole experience is a I had no broken skull bones no nothing so my my prayer or demand or whatever was answered you want to know the truth all right white boy here you go <laughs> so there you go you're up now your body and then the other thing was that I got to understand that I am a homo sapien mm -hmm. I do I, I I need and I should and um want to coexist with my fellow. Homo sapiens, and um, my passion then was to to facilitate consciousness, to infuse insight, to mm. inspire uh, in, inspire that we are much greater than who we think we are. Mm. We, you know, the, the you know this is one of, this is a take home thing from Christianity that I, every once in a while a jewel comes out from Christianity. Well, you know? there, there is a lot of wisdom in Christianity you know? in the true aspects of Christianity yeah. when you when you. When you go to the, the purest form of mm, Christianity, mm. I believe that there is some wisdom, yes. a lot of wisdom in that. And that. But it's not the diluted form no. or the, the different layers of anthropology. Or the monopolized, the monopolized form that they're the gateway to. Exactly. But it's also the anthropomorphic projections mm. of uh, other people's value mm. systems that have taken the aspects mm. that they can see that they can pull power from that. Mm, exactly. And they've utilized that and created mm. a subconscious component in mm. the other side. Absolutely. But when you're fully aware and mm. you have dived deep into the, you know, like I've researched Christianity a lot and mm. you, you, the true essence of Christ, which is that we are searching for the Christ within, mm. which is a fully integrated mm. human being that can access the light within themselves and has mm. full mastery over, mm. we could say, the human condition and has mastered the paradox. Mm. Of, and the, of existentialism and the, and the patriarchal um, you know, dialogue that, or narrative they put in there is he that is within me is greater than he that is within the world but we can say the Christ that is within me is greater than that was within the world or the, the being that is within me or the soul that is within me you know that mm -hmm. is greater and that, that right there has got me through it's got me through everything so let's unpack that what does that mean to you that, that specific what would you call it? I would call it, you know, I resonate with the word soul. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a vessel that is, for any of the, you know, the human language becomes very self-limiting when we're talking about these constructs, but I'm going to just say what I say and then we can unpack it as okay. we go. Okay. But my, what I say is that 
my vessel, my human, you know, organic meat sack is in absolute submission to my soul's ability to animate more effectively and efficiently through it to, mm -hmm. to fulfill the purpose of our co-creative experience, ours being the human me and the soul me. So I've got to get out of my way a lot. So that we, in our language, we talk about like the soul is a high-minded aspect or it's, I, I like to say the soul, spirit of unconditional love, mm. right? It is the driving force of, of our animation. Mm. And it's almost like the battery that animates us. Yeah. And if we understand that, it's it's the highest source of our um, trajectory for actually giving life. Yeah. But uh, I see a lot of people that are unconscious to that. They don't like the word soul. They don't like to understand that thing. They just are in the lower-minded aspect mm -hmm. or uh, the lower astral body. They stay within that construct. Mm -hmm. um, let's just say mammalian, reptilian, like brain kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. But when we actually can see that we do have a soul and the soul is what actually animates through us, sure. well, then we access that angelic mind. Like that's the right. higher minded, the higher realm, like the what I call the quantum, quantum, mm. celestial, celestial mm. astral body. Mm. So those two things are not separated in space and time. Yeah. And when we really drive into that, you know, we need both. Mm. We need both to be in this mood set mm. because mm. the soul does animate our form. True, and it is, and it's, and it's light. You know, light is what I find is my is the source by which I feed my soul, and that's why I'm a bit of a you know, if I had to say what is what is my daily meditation, it's it's to stare at the sunlight mm -hmm. because I feel like the sun is is what is what perpetuates soul. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but it's kind of my sense of things. And it's so difficult to actually put into words. Like it's ineffable in some form to to really talk about what we're trying to get across. Yeah. Here. But light is living. I've seen that. Yes. You know, light is absolutely living, and I believe light is a holo is a holographic. Every photon mm -hmm. is a holographic cell of of the life imprint. Mm -hmm. And so, if you can imagine, there's a lifeless planet. After billions and billions of years of getting peppered with light, all of a sudden, there's there's uh, uh, there's life that starts to because it, it hits that critical mass threshold where enough light peppers enough minerals and enough minerals get vibrated into enough enough of a, uh, a, mm -hmm. a, a what do you call it like a scaffolding for mm -hmm. to, to be able to hold on to the life that's in the light then all of a sudden the first the first aspect of life emerges whether it's oh, you know, the emergence emergence theory yeah. so that's that's my understanding from my personal experience and 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 um, that's what I love about our relationship is because I, um, I have a personal experience with a lot of this stuff and I've been where I go when I go what I do and then you give me the actual language for it and I go that's so cool that there's an actual language to describe this you know? well I mean it's been my, my journey too as well like trying to bring meaning and understanding to the to the many minds of what is actually occurring mm. uh, and to bring words to that mm. because like when we first said is a lot of it is ineffable because it is such a holistic approach, right? There's not just one thing that you can say is causing that. Mm. There's a multitude of many things that's in the co-creation mm. space mm. that is cre in creation mm. that is actually animating the form, mm. right? True. So it's it's not just one thing. We can't just say, you know, like, you know, this yeah, it's makes not coffee. It's, it's not unidimensional. It's not unidimensional. No, it's multi-dimensional, multi-vectorial. Mm. Multi mm omnidirectional, mm. omnivectorial. So there's this multitude of different, you know, angles that actually mm. occur, like fractals, we can mm. say, mm. that is ad infinitum when you when you really go into the depth of it, which really fucks people's minds when you start to go into that construct. It does. Mm. And this is going to take it back to the holistic practitioner part, Ben, that we kind of... <laughs> that, that we started that, on that, that we this, like gone out. Yeah, so I thought I'd just... Bring us back around. <laughs> Come on over here. We're just going to do the snake that eats its tail. Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so, so now at 23, using this going forward into my practice, I started noticing because my mind got really quiet just naturally. And, but I noticed that when I treat a patient, my mind would get really busy and I would start seeing, you know, you can see when your mind is uh, running a narrative or you see a scene, it's like, saw that before so what i learned to do is start talking about i called it the ghost experience so I, while i was working on a patient i would just start talking out loud 
start I would start giving words to these to this narrative. And then and then while I was working on say a hip pain or shoulder pain, all of a sudden I'd see a narrative or I'd see a, a mood, a slow moving movie, and I and I'd start talking about it from my perspective on how I would interpret what I was seeing. And I'm telling you, it's an 80 percentile fall. All of a sudden you go, God, you know that's really interesting. That reminds me of when I was at my granddad's. You know, back probably four years ago, and I was I was water skiing, and I was and I was going down, and I fell off the boat, and that's when I twisted that shoulder. I went, and I'm and I'm t- what happens then? Always, always, a high percentage of the time, that shoulder mm-hmm. spasm just melts. So it's you know, like you know the cool thing with the cool thing within that, and Kelly and I haven't really discussed it too deep on the podcast that the whole concept of memories being stored within the cells. Absolutely. Right. So it's like you having this. I don't know if telepathy is the right word, but basically this consciousness connection between the memory within the cell, obviously around that, that where the, the injury is and tapping into the memory that's yeah. being played on your, your, your somewhere, you know, which is. Well, and this is what I feel like, this is what I feel like, this is what I feel like can, can really enhance a practitioner's experience so they don't get so burned out is that instead of seeing this person as a shoulder problem, like every other shoulder problem they've ever had that's burning them out that makes them want to drink more scotch and 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 try to work out how they can work less and make more. If you if they can what I what I where I found inspiration is allowing every person to be a unique individual experience. Yes, it's a shoulder, but what got the shoulder like that? And then and then you it then becomes a meditation where you can tap into that novel, unique experience that that human went through to get that rotator cuff syndrome like that because that's what makes it unique is is the individual is what makes it unique everybody's got a humerus everybody's got a scapula everybody's got a clavicle they all inter, inter, uh, you know they all um, articulate but how do they disarticulate and that's the, that's the key and so yeah your shoulders are definitely gonna get better that's easy but how can we remove the, the memory so that they stop uh, walking into that yeah you know yeah have a replay i have a question around that though so um how does that show up in the form of referred pain? Um, well, well, like what you do is you just start through through a consultation. You'll you'll start seeing that um, maybe a shoulder pain can be referred uh, into large intestine point four, you know, on on the on the right. So then you start to investigate. Okay, they got they got a liver issue. They got a pancreas issue. Got, if you know enough about you know the, the, if you know enough about other systems of the body. You can start as you as you're investigating it. You can kind of unpack it, you know. So it's not just only musculoskeletal, but also mm-hmm. then you start talking about we're talking about epigenetics. All of a sudden, you find out, oh, my my, my father, my mom, or my dad had a non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So then all of a sudden, that that epigenetic tendencies, and so you start asking questions about uh, liver health or their their lifestyle choices that might contribute to triggering that epigenetic tendency to generate liver pathology. So is that what you're talking about, Ben? Yeah, well, I, I, just, I think that's a really cool uh, analogy or, or the way that you brought it into metaphor as far as, you know, when you work on the shoulder and you would get this, um, the scene come into your mind that let's just say you're working on the shoulder and yeah. instead of them going, oh, I had a skiing accident, they go, uh, something, a memory that comes up in your mind that's like kiwi drinking. And let's just yeah. say it's referred pain from the liver that's caused the shoulder. Yeah. that it's actually that's the referred pain to the shoulder do you know what i mean so and that's the memory you talk about so, so this yeah. in essence is, is finding the true aspect of true causation mm-hmm. so like yeah. the shoulder the shoulder injury or pain may be like a tertiary response response yeah. to a primary cause Absolutely. so by asking you know specific questions or being so present with the, with the person in front of you mm-hmm. you can tap into the field to be able to replay the movie in your mind which is to me it's just accessing the code within mm-hmm. them because all memories and all information is stored on wave particles of light. Mm. And when you're really present and in another person's presence of that, you can access that. And, and we're part of the same morphogenic we field. So. Exactly. So. And so there's this entanglement theory that's happening mm. or, uh, and then, then, hang on, I have to slow my mind down because it starts to go boop, 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 bring up stuff, mm. stuff like this. Mm. And so having that aspect of, okay, the shoulder pain may be tertiary, to you know then we may have a secondary component mm. and then we go to the primary cause which is liver mm. we could say but then prior to that there is really a primary cause mm. what is your perceptions of what was occurring to you in space and time that gave you a charge or a trigger that you've now stored in your system mm. that has actually 
manifested with layers on top of it of unintegrated charges, mm. which means that it's now starting to create a polarity mm. in your physiological, uh, in your physiology, mm. which is now having to store energy mm. in a different form mm. to be able to a, awaken you to you know your original perception that was unintegrated. You see, this is the this is the downfall of the. Um, of the pathology model of medicine mm -hmm. or, you know, Western medicine mm -hmm. is that, oh, I got shoulder pain. It must be a shoulder problem. That's it. Give me a, give me an injection, give me a drug, crack my shoulder, whatever. And I'm sweet. Mm -hmm. That's not how it really works. Mm -hmm. What, what it's usually, it's just a communication. And what will happen is it's, it's the, um, the, the human body, because I've, I've done enough research in the human body. The human body will, will, will attempt to fulfill its obligation to make you as functional as it can with the least amount of effort. So saying that, it will communicate to you with the weakest link in the chain. Mm -hmm. So if you have a, if you, if you've injured the shoulder, just skiing with granddad, and then, then, you know, it, it, it gets your attention to go seek help. But most people just seek help from a, from a, a pathology model mm -hmm. practitioner. But if they're, if they're fortunate enough to, for that pain to become chronic enough, and they don't do enough of themselves, they don't do themselves enough harm from poor lifestyle choices on the way to finding the right holistic practitioner, then all of a sudden that practitioner can start to unpack it and, and show that, okay, what, what actually happened is, you know, when you were a child, you, you, know, you had an alcoholic dad. Uh, your alcoholic dad was a bit abusive, whether physical or emotional. And then that, that imprinted itself on your neuroemotional system. And then as you, as you got older and older, you had a, a, a funny um, taste for alcohol. You know, all of a sudden you started power drinking with the boys, which is socially acceptable and understandable, but not everybody's dad beat them up. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you get to be 21, 22, 23, and then you start supplementing alcohol with something else and something else. And then, and then alcohol uh, in Chinese medicine houses the body's anger. You know, it, tends to, it tends to deal with anger. And then so then you start finding that you, you, you have a propensity towards you know, an uh, inability to modulate your emotions, mm -hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden there could be some violence in your history, you know, whether it's with men or women or whatever. So then that's when they usually get to me. And by, by getting a, a proper consultation from someone that just says, spend 10 minutes with you, you start to unpack all this and you, and you go, so you got it, you got it, you got this pass on from your dad. God bless him. He did the best he could. I'm not blaming your dad, but you got to understand this isn't yours. It's just something you learned to try to, and you, you've animated in a clumsy way because you were getting it. It's a conditioned uh, response, yeah. belief system to yeah. a subordination of the, the perception of the way that you think or thought you should have been exactly. as a child. Because that's all you can mimic. No, that's, that's what well, you mean. Well, we can riff off on another layer of okay. that. There's a subordination to our first yeah. forms, which yeah. is our parents, mother yeah. first, followed by father, then we have preacher, then we have teacher. Mm. So there is actually like a systemic approach to that. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, and again, we come back to this as causation. Uh, like, if we can go back and find the essence of the first primordial cause, mm. which we could go back through that time and space too, mm. because we talk about epigenetics, is that actually then passed down through and upon the gene, mm. right? We talk about genetics, hereditary, hereditary genetics, which are actually stored within our DNA. Mm. But what activates those, right? Is mm. it you see this with many people that um, they may have gene disposition uh, to be able to, you know, manifest a certain disease, but it doesn't actually manifest. Exactly. Right? So what's the stressor? What's the stressor or what is the antagonist trigger. to a trigger, trigger to be able to bring that into life mm. or animated form? Mm. Is I, you know, what do you think about it is you're in that environment, but then it's your perceptions on top of that. Mm. And being able to see and have... <laughs> This is a longer conversation, of course, right? Going deep into having the understanding that all memories are actually stored on one part of the supply. Mm. So throughout time and space, our family genetics are getting passed down into us mm. and the memories in the, and that are stored there. Mm. So then we may have a trigger point that activates a memory from... We, use the Trans life. Transgenerational. Yeah, exactly. Past life experiences. Mm. Um, which is a lot of people don't, they think, oh, what the fuck is that shit? Right? Mm. But when you, when you understand this, this physics components mm. of, of memory, then it is completely possible. Well, and then also, you know, then, mm. then, it, then it becomes quite plausible. Then, you know, if you think about, okay, we're souls mm -hmm. evolving towards some 
towards some evolutionary construct, construct mm -hmm. higher state, whatever higher means in that, mm -hmm. you know, higher. Um, okay. And then, so then, then it makes sense why I wouldn't have felt uh, an inclination to feel sad for this mm -hmm. organic meat sack on the floor because it was just a vehicle for me to get to the point I am now. It really has nothing to do with that. So getting back to transgenerational light mm -hmm. particles, as souls, we choose potentially, I don't know, I don't remember a contract, but you know, I'll, I'll play with that one. But you know, as, as souls, we choose the organic meat sacks that have those light particle mm -hmm. transgenerational predispositions mm -hmm. that help us fulfill our evolutionary process of becoming greater souls or more greater manifestations of light. I, you know, once again, language, it's really oh, Yeah, it's really difficult to go, look, I can, I, under, I can see what you're trying to say yeah. to me, but then to put it into words mm -hmm. in, in this simplest form mm -hmm. is, is really quite difficult. But is that what you're talking about for soul evolution? We see? choose our... I, we could, I'm not saying, like, see, I refrain from anything that's finite. It's oh, not yeah. that, let's go to a philosophical yeah. discourse yeah. That, that could be a propensity to add to your purview mm. of possibilities. Yeah, possible. Right? that's good. And being able to hold into that space to really open the curiosity mm. of the human construct. Yeah. Because I get so caught, so many people in front of me that they want to have this finite view, right, mm. of one thing. So this again is coming back to this full circle of mm. uh, specialization yeah. over uh, as opposed to like holism. Absolutely. And this is the thing with having so much, I've been an academician, I've been in most of my life. And so even having a holistic view, mm -hmm. universal view, mm -hmm. you know, global centric view, mm -hmm. I still am like, oh, I've got to find out the thing. What's the thing? I've got to like, it's that. Yeah. And then we gotta... It's one part of the, yeah. of, of the system, right? Mm. Mm. And but yet we understand that in, that there is a full entanglement mm. that the all within the all mm. Mm. that everything is connected, everything mm. is in the collective, mm. everything is entangled, mm. and there's not one part that is reliant or unreliant on another. Absolutely, well, I've had a beautiful experience of this. Like when I'm, I was um, I was working with a lady who had a lot of central at at weight gain around her central central midsection. You know, you would think, oh, she's 52, you know, menopausal, you know, there's a central adiposity with estrogen. But as I started, as I started going into it, I noticed, uh, you know, face changing and I noticed uh, a lot of sadness coming into her eyes, like have more than just sadness, but grief, heavy grief. And I felt my heart sink. I felt my stomach tighten. And so I started pursuing that a bit. And then all of a sudden, after a couple hour consult, because, and then, you know, you get a, you get a sniff and it's like, I'm going to see this movie all the way through, you know. So then all of a sudden I find out what back in the forties, she had had a, an abortion of a, of a, of a child. Mm -hmm. And that just brought up all this, this guilt and all this rage basically. And, um, and what did, and as she was like sobbing and letting it go, all of a sudden she, she gets a phone call from her kids. Uh, this was in Kuala Lumpur, from her kids in uh, Denmark. Mm -hmm. And her kids are being rushed to the hospital at that very same moment with, an un, with some kind of, both her kids, both her children, unknown ideology, hives, sweating, all this, the doctors freaking out. And then all of a sudden, what does that do? That throws her back into guilt that she's not in Holland with her kid or Denmark with her kids. And so that was another couple of hours trying to get her through that. So then uh, once she sees that that's the dynamic playing off through time and space across the world, she was able to let it go. She gets a phone call mm -hmm. from, her, from the doctor that says, I'm releasing your kids. They're, they're like, happy chirpy kids i don't know what what happened and i looked at her and went no extra charge <laughs> that was, i don't even try that was so much fun for me i'm not even charging today but um, but but this supports what kel's talking about you know like we're so interconnected and and the the the, the network of our social network the, it can, the, the, the quality of our social energy can change like that if one of us gets better we all get better mm -hmm. if one of us gets sick we all get sick uh, I love that. I love that exactly. So it is if every person on the planet was able to understand how that they could bring themselves into a beautiful state of homeostasis mm. and they can, mm. then you know it's not only that you're having an effect over your own physiological mix act, mm. you're actually having an effect on the environment mm. around you. Absolutely. Because because of the, you know, let's just look at the atomic particles, they start to actually respond mm. in that format. Mm. And you know, everything in the universe is actually wanting to get towards equilibrium, mm. right? Or homeostasis. Mm. 
the, the highest form of balance. Mm. And you know, we see it in the community that we actually go to where there's a specific reason that we hang out mm. in this place because of that morphic field, right? Mm, true. And through morphogenesis and uh, morphic resonance, we mm. know that we're having an effect on each mm, other. Absolutely. Because we're all in our space of doing our own inner work mm. to be able to, well, my highest value, my teleology is to raise a collective consciousness. Mm. And mm. I know that if I start home here first, mm. and uh, that that is going to have an outward effect on absolutely. others too. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And that's, that's and that's kind of what brought us together. Mm. And um, you know, big shout out to Sarah and Ben. Yeah, you know, having yeah, a new cafe, yeah, they're the ones who yeah. they're they're behind all this anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and then they've created this space too because they're fully um, aware of what we're talking about. And mm. I did do a podcast with them oh, a couple you? of weeks oh, ago awesome. on the, on the sound healing. So. Mm. You know, they're part of the community. And it's, it's not only like where you are in physical space and time, mm. it's also the collective community too mm. as well. So I have many compadres around the world mm. that have a consciousness that understand this. Mm. And we're consistently working on ourselves and connecting in mm. to well, be able to raise that collective mm. through the entanglement. And we can say, you know, like it's spooky action as, at a distance that Einstein mm. has actually documented mm. that you can actually actually affect particles from a distance and 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 i have two daughters they're 26 and 27 now one lives in brooklyn but how i raised them with was with as best you can with children mm -hmm. with this consciousness mm -hmm. so i said look anytime you think of your daddy or anytime you think of your mom or anytime you think of your sister call them yeah. because i promise you there's something going on so even yeah, to, even, even to this day my my uh, i got a call from my daughter on uh, on my messenger my facebook messenger the other day. hey dad you've been on the line what's going on i said i got the best job ever i can't wait to share my glee and so when i share my glee with her all of a sudden she gets a new job in in new york and she shares it with Alyssa here and Alyssa gets a new placement as a nurse and it just yeah it yeah. just it, 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 i guess what you're saying is is that like a, you know i've known you for a couple months now and it's uh, when you're fulfilled mm. and you have this sense, sense of fulfillment mm. and that you, you want to be able to share it with others. So Absolutely. it's almost like infectious, right? Mm. You mm. have this infectious fulfillment. Mm. And we can also flip it the other way. If you mm. have a disease, you can be infectious in disease just mm. through your perception mm. and and your physiological expression mm. or repression. Mm. So you, we do have a conscious choice. Absolutely. And how yeah. we're actually going to refract in the world. Mm, right? Definitely. And yeah. and if you're if you're respectful mm. um, and you feel like you're you know maybe less than your best on the day, then I tend to refrain from um, you know sneezing on my compadres. <laughs> you know, I just I just take some quiet time, do some self-care, go look at the sunset. Know, go jump in the ocean, go do the things that work for me until I'm back on track and then I can come and be my, my best version of my best mm -hmm. self because that's what I owe my community. I feel like I, I and I owe myself first. You know? Well, and we also take the construct of we look at it from a, a universal ab, uh, abstract mm. purview. Mm. That's what it's wanting all of nature to mm. be is mm. to, to come from that aspect mm. back to a state of balance. You know, mm. so I go and do these particular things to bring myself to be the best version of what mm. I can which is balanced mm. and, uh, you know, receptive, receptive balanced. in homeostasis. Mm. And so nature is wanting to abhor that vacuum. Mm. Mm. But for some reason, uh, humans have got caught in this pathway mm. that they struggle to get out, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, my mind goes struggle, okay, but that's meant as part of the cause. Yeah. But it's their perception mm. of they want to actually avoid that mm. and seek and swing and pendulate towards another side, mm. right? which mm. creates all these addictive components. Absolutely. But then it shows up, we're now we're going full circle back again to the physiological feedback in, in, the, mm. in the human meat sack. Mm. It, it shows up with a physiological response as mm. disease. Mm or injury, depression, like depression, anxiety, yeah. And I love this saying, we have in my world, like injury is just jury from within. Mm -hmm. So you're getting an outside force or an inside force mm -hmm. that's bringing you back to a state of equilibrium. Mm -hmm. Most injuries are actually created from, you know, a self-righteous narcissistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. And it wants to actually humble you and bring you back to balance. Mm -hmm. And when we have that understanding, we, we then have the ability to be able to 
to step in and take ownership for our own own pathway. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's and that's being able to just be really, really honest, you know, as difficult as it is to be really honest and to avoid identifying with the egocentric narrative, mm. you know, and being able to the lie. Uh, yeah, the little lie. You the know, little the little lie. Um, you know, and just being able to go, why am I bulldog? You know, when I, I say bulldog, why am I hanging on to this thing so much? You know, uh, um, you know, life six months ago was completely different. So I'm glad we're, we're talking now, Ben. But uh, I've, I've just come out of one of those one of those troughs, and it, it was a brilliant it was a brilliant journey of being able to observe the tenacity of my shadow self wanting me to participate in absolute hysteria. And, and giving it giving it enough scope to teach me to so I could extract wisdom out of the hysteria, and the wisdom I extracted out of the hysteria was basically um, me being able to see okay well how 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 have I been able to how, okay as as crazy as you're trying as crazy as the narrative you're trying to make me believe why aren't you just letting this go because you know I meditate I breathe it's not letting go what are you doing so the, the most amazing thing that happened is once I went all right what and I just looked at it and said, okay, how can I have ever done anything like that? Being the victim. So then I just, so then I just, I just looked at it and went, and then I, then I then openly and honestly, I went, oh, I actually see, okay, it was a different time, a different space, different context, but I actually perpetrated that same harm on somebody else when I was unconscious. Yep, I got it. Sorry about that. You know, and then all of a sudden, go ahead, honey. No, the law was a. Uh, reflection and transparency mm. right there yeah right? and so i was able to so now been talking to you i'm actually looking at the the narrative or the episode that my mind was so doggedly hanging on to there's nothing mate. it's it's a toothless wonder right now it doesn't yeah. have it anymore so it's about so if i can pass on anything to the viewers if your mind's not letting something go i promise you you have a contribution to it <laughs> and, and you just don't want to see that because the the, the ego tends to be quite um it, it, it fools us because it's so binary and that I never did that. Okay, asshole, you're right. You never did that specific thing. But when you, when you, when you open your aperture up to a, context, a, a contextual observation of that, I promise you, okay, it was a different time, different space, different person. But then now look at that and it's like, oh, wow, that's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just a yeah. different. And the beauty of that is that actually, it actually, um, it opens us up to that all human beings have the human condition with 4,750 traits, right? Mm. That Mother Nature, God, whatever you want to call it, has given to us to mm. use in expression. And we do, mm. right? And we judge others relative to that. When we like hear people say, oh my God, I don't do that. When we do that, we're actually projecting or injecting our own biases mm. onto another or inside of ourselves. Mm. Mm which then creates a dialectic mm. within your own consciousness. Exactly. And which actually in that moment is casting you into the shadow. Exactly. And and so it, and this is a beautiful aspect of that feedback because it's there to awaken you to mm. that you are in judgment. Exactly. And judgment then is what actually creates the the very aspect of um like the propensity to frequency modulate mm. your system mm. into a state of disharmony mm. and so we're getting all these feedback regulate or feedback mm. regulations mm. happening mm. but most people aren't conscious to no and uh but this, this and i love that fact the laws of reflection and transparency is is that what you actually see in others you're actually in having yourself i have this saying you spot it you've got it let's yes. own it and then there's a theological construct, pluck the moat out of your own eye mm. first. Oh, we have a saying in Texas, uh, smellers the feller. Own that shit is one of the simple things that I say is own that fucking shit. Yeah, you know, like you yeah, do that. Yeah, you, yeah. You are. But it's it's it, but you know, it takes a lot of like Humility, a lot of you know this, stuff. This, this is also comes back to the universe is wanting us to actually come back to a state of equilibrium mm. and equanimity within all things, right? Mm. In the collective, mm. is humility, mm. and you know I have a different view on ego constructs. Is mm. that the true ego is actually trying to lead you to the mm. higher aspect of mm. yourself mm. in terms of um, Jungian psychology, mm. but. 
when when we look at it is is that we are standing from that point where we're we're in a self-righteous mm -hmm. we're then flipping to the narcissistic component mm -hmm. which narcissism is also necessary in certain points when you're conscious to it mm -hmm. but we come back to christianity right true poison presence is righteousness right mm -hmm. which is true justice mm -hmm. where there is no shadow mm -hmm. and that's the light mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, getting back to the ego, ego leading. What I've, what I've kind of, the way I look at ego is it leads me from behind. Like, mm. it, like it, 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 it's like, it's like that annoying little terrier that's on my ankles, mm -hmm. and it, may, it, it just annoys me enough to keep trudging forward. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever forward is in this realm. You know? So you can see there's a use of it for you too. Yeah, definitely. There's your consciousness to it. Yeah. And I understand there's a download of is that if you understand wolves, right, they mm -hmm. actually lead from the back, like the pack leaders from the oh, back, good. but it is an animal construct, right? Mm -hmm. So we're in that animal nature, that mm -hmm. lower, lower mighty construct of the lower astral body, mm -hmm. which we cannot negate. We no. come back to that because... I come across these spiritual people that they just want to be in the light, but fuck, they're going to no. they're going to attract the wolves into their lives to actually wake them to do that. Mm -hmm. But consciously, when we have we see that animal mind or the wolf mm -hmm. that is leading from the back behind, yeah. is giving us a service mm, absolutely. to keep us actually driving driving us forward, forward. whatever for you know whatever out forward, forward, forward uh, you, whatever. Right? yeah. And so, and so, and so, you know, once again, getting back to holistic health, I've given you an example of the, sh of the shoulder. I've also given you an example. Oh, getting back to the lady, the Dutch lady, uh, after she, after this, she would have been there. I think I even had her over. And I kept her there. We just, we, we made her dinner because I had her there for so long. It was such an amazing thing. When she stood up, her pants actually fell down. Oh, she lost that She weight lost weight. all that weight around. It, so that was the first time I'd ever seen, like, I don't know, 15 pounds of like, Wait, just instantaneous. it's instantaneous and in every i've never seen see, i didn't a, know you could do it this is the part i love about like this conversation riffing off into where we become so abstract without any structure information mm. is also a reflective component of the universe because there's so many things holistic for us to actually discuss mm. so our minds go off in these different trajectories mm. consistently mm. vector vector dynamics happening but now to come full circle back to her weight falling mm. off, mm. if I ask you the question in the work that you did with her, what was the most profound thing that you perceive actually was a causation of that? The acknowledging that she was carrying around 40, 50 years of guilt about so having, because if you met, guilt is a, for me, from my understanding and my teachings of, of the chakra system from a hermetic uh, source, I, um, Guilt is when the second chakra is compromised. Mm -hmm. it, guilt is the pervasive in, in, in dialogue that tends to pervade, along with seduction and a lot of other things. But but her 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 second chakra compromised. Uh, her second chakra was compromised from just this hor horrific amount of guilt that she had as have, having uh, you know being an out of wedlock pregnant Dutch woman in the forties. Okay. And 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 then once she released that, identified it. Mm -hmm. That was when oh, the rage came out, the tears came out, and she and the kids called. And just once that guilt was identified, and then I actually saw because I, I you know you, you tend to once you're in this zone, Ben, you start to I start I saw like a little boy pop up on her face, and I saw an older woman pop up. And I just saw I saw it was almost like a deck of cards of, of faces behind her face. Just, so she was just, it was like she was peppering through lifetimes or something. I don't know what happened. I was just like. She had a, had a, had a, um, a catalyst actually to occur, like from yeah. space and time, yeah. and cause and effect of all the, the, the stored emotions that were mm. on top of that initial causation. And I never even knew that, but I was just like, that's why I didn't charge her. I had more fun. Like, this is why I love this guy, right? Like, he, he actually is the, 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 the practical experience that I could put there. So I think in some form, like. Yeah. Scientific component or physics, yeah. physics component to it. But so that was a, that was that was the that was it. Mm. That was the moment. Perfect. So in 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 that aspect of that, like she had this stored shame, mm. shame, shame and guilt, which is a lower vibrational frequency. Mm. And we want to add weight to that in terms of frequency modulation. Pardon the pun. Uh, sorry. <laughs> frequency modulation to it. It becomes stored in the system mm. as gravitational forces. Mm. And so, therefore, the weight has to actually accumulate mm. because that's what's happening in a physics construct, mm. right? Mm. Um, particles are actually uh, you know, dense. They're mm. denser particles. Mm. Now, by relinquishing that in terms of perception, 
because it's just perception on mm. which is an electrical charge that is occurring. Mm -hmm. You're neutralizing shames and guilt. Mm. And so instantaneously in that moment, the body is able to actually come to a place of homeostasis. Mm. So that is true healing, like in the essence of that, mm. And, you know, there's some lots of wonderful studies done around gliology and what's happening yeah. in gliology. Mm. And the glials are the, mod the moderators in terms of actually storing yeah. these uh, memories and, and imaginations yeah, and fantasies and night nightmares. Mm. And it can happen instantaneously like that, that you can shed mm. kilos. Mm. She, she did. She, mm. You couldn't deny it. Like, mm. um, I was forever a believer from that. So then from that, I've, I've always been open to miracles because, you know, I'm paying for a Christian background. But other than that, <laughs> hallelujah, brothers and sisters. But other than that, I actually had an actual, I'm an actual tangible guy. Once I see an actual tangible or have an actual tangible, it's like, that's my reference point. It can happen anytime, any moment. Everybody's just got a kumbaya at the same time and magic happens, you know? Yeah, brother. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the, um, the magic behind all that and that when you keep mentioning reference points is simply just belief, isn't it? It, it, it is. It is. And, and you got to get you got to get people through the moat around the castle kind of thing, you know, like like uh, people people have, you know, they think this is how they are. And this is this is this is when, you know, you're close because they say, well, this is how it always going to be. Or every time they say that, this is always going to happen. Whenever you hear that pop up in the in their in their narrative, to me, that's a green light because I know that that's the last stronghold for the ego mind. Because once they try to strike, yeah, you know, once they start giving me an absolute, it's like that's all you got. Yeah, you know, yeah. then, then that, so they got, run out of arsenal. That's it. It's the level of their comprehension and yeah. their consciousness because they're so finite in their perceptions and their beliefs. Because they have a heap of excuses up to that point. Yeah. And then once they get to that point, it's like, yeah, game over. This is the true essence, like to become, uh, to be host mm. is a preference mm. to, for myself and mm. for yourself. And this, mm. is, this is where we prefer to play. Mm. For me, it is the true magic mm. in, in alchemization. Mm. And we can go full circle all the way back mm. to, pre-Socratic thinking or even Greek Egyptians mm. construct of that prior to uh, well let's go back to Atlantis no, exactly. let's go back to Thoth halls of, halls of Amentia you know Amentia if you break that down in Latin it's no mind Exactly. the halls of no mind pure integration and pure integration is alchemy mm. in its highest form mm. and if we look at to, to actually reduce all of the toxic components mm. and to create gold right mm. is is true alchemy mm. and and the essence of that was to actually birth life mm. and that that is us as a human construct mm. in the human condition is the true magic is to have mm. governance for yourself in that mm. and, and you know and, and light you know this is what when you were speaking i was thinking you know light doesn't need mind but no. mind needs light to animate form animate yes so we can Go into you know we're not talking about mind as in the human mind we're talking about the all universal mind, mind universal mind yeah. which is where we pay the part in the collective mm. consciousness mm. so we when we can go into that and we are playing with the aspects of of physics mm. in light creation mm. then we can look at the different refractal components in resonance and frequency mm. to manifest forms mm. right. So, you know, we can say that um, this laptop that we're talking into required a resonance and frequency in light components, physics like protons, neutrons, electrons and atoms mm. to manifest that form, right? True. So there's different aspects of frequency. So what, so I ask most humans that um, I can, and I think you're one of them, is that where do you want to play mm. in the game of light and life? Mm. Where I want, what, this 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 medium right here fascinates me is because it's it's what i found in my experience is that spirit allows mind to create constructs to enslave the human condition so i want to use this medium right here which is what spirit does spirit uses that same construct to liberate the human condition so it allows the ego-centric human mind to create a construct that thinks it's so you know wonderful and good and aren't we great that we're connecting people by the way, we're also stitching them up by gaining data information about how to, you know, uh, be able to manipulate them. Oh, and by the way, we're going to distract them with a lot of porn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so but with that same construct, why don't we why don't we use podcasts like this? Or I have art that I use, and and 
I'll show it to you sometime then. But it's the but the life that's in you is living, the life that's in me is living, the life that's in Ben is living, and the and the message or the stories that we're providing through this medium is living light. Mm -hmm. So now this living light is going to go like a tree root all around the all around the globe, and it's going to utilize this construct that is slave that has enslaved humankind. To liberate them, whoever mm -hmm. tunes into it, and then yeah. they're going to do it, and they're going to do it, they're just like a root. So that's what I see. So we can see that there, there is a, a consistency of the directive, right? There is the opposing forces that really are unsettable, mm. right? We True. can say that this will enslave, but also liberate. Absolutely. And when we come from that construct of being able to have a purview of that in mm. everything, in everything, 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 that's where we have true freedom and liberation and alchemy of the human condition. Absolutely. That's brilliant. Oh, thank you so much. I had so much fun. Like, this is, this I, is just really, I can't, absolutely beautiful. I can't wait to hear what we talked about. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have to listen, listen to this. Like, I haven't been able to get a word in. You guys are just been riffing off the whole time. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'll just wait for one second silence. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Ben. Floor's open to you, mate. <laughs> Hold on, let me just go through all my notes. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we're going to do a part two in this. And uh, what we... What we will do is um, get Ben in his notes and then we can actually answer any questions <laughs> that actually show up from this podcast because I know that there possibly will be. Oh. And uh, so I'd love to be able to do that so that if you do have any questions regarding this, like reach out to, to us. Ben will put where you can in the show notes. And uh, we will, uh, Elias and I will definitely rip off even further because there's so much more mm. wisdom mm. in this construct that we call the human condition that we would love to share with you. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you. Thank Perfect. you. Thanks, man. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time on the Human Source Codex. And uh, thanks, Elias, for joining us. And uh, we'll see you for part two, maybe three, four, and five. Sounds great, man. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys.